You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Youth Podcast for a Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Brian Brown. We have another jam-packed show for you today. Some news notes and updates regarding one of Utah's most highly regarded athletes of all time. It's probably not someone that might come to your thoughts immediately, but it's definitely one that you should always be thinking about in regards to greatness. We're also going to talk about the impact of Timmy Allen his exit from the University of Utah, and how Utah should go about building their basketball roster with a little assist from our good friend Ute Buntu on Twitter. Lastly, we're going to close things out with an update on the softball team. They had a double header, and boy, did they take care of business down in Dixie. All that coming up next year on the Locked On Utes podcast for April 9th, 2021. My Utah friends and family, this is Brian Brown, your co-host. Jake has the day off, the night off, however you want to phrase it. Uh, my man's is busy, and he's got duties, and we're going to let him handle those duties. So you're stuck with me, but we've got a jam-packed show with a lot of great things to talk about. We're going to start today's show off with something that I'm very, very passionate about, and that is Danny Drews. Danny Drews is likely one of the greatest athletes to ever compete at the University of Utah. And before people start putting up their hands and everything like that, what she's done for her sport, for the program, for the volleyball team at the University of Utah, for the way that she's elevated that program, been year in and year out one of the best players in the Pac-12 is just absolutely impressive. When it comes to my mind, athletes and what they've done for their programs at the school, there are a few that come to my mind that are on her level. Eric Weddle is one for the University of Utah football team. You could argue Alex Smith is as well, although Smith wasn't there for a full four years. Uh, Just the three, and, and really, realistically, 2003, 2004 were the two biggest years that he had uh, the most impact on the football program. Arguably, Eric Whittle had an impact every single year that he was at the University of Utah for all four years. Uh, Keith Van Horn is another one that comes to mind for me. You could argue maybe Andre Miller as well. In, in the later years of Utah basketball, early years, without a doubt, Billy the Hill McGill is the one that comes to mind, Tom Chambers. So those kinds of elite names, I think, really... Uh, yeah, you know, Danny's mom, Mickey Barton, is another one that comes to my mind in, in terms of what she did for basketball and volleyball. Uh, Kim Smith for the basketball women's basketball team. There's a lot of those kinds of names that are out there. But the reason that we're getting into this is because Danny Drews was named the Pac-12 Player of the Year. Uh, first ever University of Utah volleyball student athlete to be named the Pac-12 Player of the Year. Uh, That was announced on Wednesday, April 7th. She's had a dominant season. She's led the Utes in kills every single match and leads the Pac-12s in kills per set with 5.14. That's a lot. 
that's a lot of kills. That means that that's a lot of points being scored in every set. Uh, she was named the Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week twice, totaled 324 kills in 17 matches. Uh, she had seven matches with at least 20 kills and two with 30 kills. Um, it's just an incredible amount of stats and, and just showcases her ability as an athlete, what she's done for the volleyball program, the fact that they are a top 16 team. They're the 14th ranked or 14th seeded team in the upcoming NCAA tournament is just a true testament to what she leaves behind in terms of her legacy. And Drews will likely move on to a professional career, whether it's playing beach volleyball or uh, volleyball somewhere else. You know, I, I would not be surprised to see her on the Olympic team at some point in time. She is that kind of impressive athlete. Uh, I grew up watching Logan Tom compete at Highland High School. She's likely one of the best volleyball players in, in history, female volleyball players. Uh, had a similar type of impact on the game. And the similarities between the two of them are unmistakable, in my opinion, because they were both superior athletes. Every time they stepped on the court, you were just glued to them watching what they were doing. And they performed to your expectations. And I think for athletes of that caliber, that can be the hardest thing to do is to make an impact on every single game and really stand out as the superior player on the court. Uh, this was her third year in the in a row of being named to the All-Pac-12 team. She was also joined by uh, fellow senior Kenzie Kerber, who Kerber has also had an outstanding season this year. Um, it's the second time that she was named to the All-Pac-12 team. These two have definitely elevated the level of play for the University of Utah volleyball program substantially. Uh, tons of credit goes to Beth Lanier, who has just been an absolute stalwart. And this program has gotten into the Pac-12 in an era where it's really, really hard to build a great competitive volleyball program in a conference that's as deep as the Pac-12. If you look at the top 25 for women's volleyball of that five of that top, excuse me, top 25 of those schools come from the Pac-12. The only other conference that has more is the Big Ten who has six. And so this is an incredible accomplishment, both for Danny and for the program. Uh, anyone who's been listening to this podcast on a regular basis just knows how much Jake and I are fans, both of the women's volleyball team. It's a, a very fun sport to watch. I grew up having cousins who played in it, and it got me hooked early on. I, If I wasn't so dedicated to my pretty bird uh, addiction, then I might even be able to play a little bit more volleyball. But that is neither here nor there. Uh, it's just a really great recognition for a program that deserves a ton of accolades, a ton of credit, a ton of attention, a lot more than they get likely. And that's our goal here is to try and shine uh, a little bit on on these other Utah programs that maybe don't receive as much attention or coverage as they probably should. Uh, huge, huge shout out and congratulations to Danny Drews, who will likely leave as one of the greatest to ever do it uh, for Utah Volleyball. Again, player of the year for the Pac-12 is a very impressive list. And if you look at the statistics, her kill average will per we're actually put her at fourth over all time in terms of highest kills average. 
if you look at where the University of Utah has finished in conference since Danny joined the team, their three highest fi- finishes have all been since she was a part of the program. Uh, just, an, just a truly outstanding uh, player. Her her kills all time. She'll be top 10 when she finishes her career at the university of Utah. And unfortunate that this final season, uh, was cut short due to COVID and had to be postponed into the spring. I think with a full season with more games, she probably could have been even more impressive, but again, just a chance and an opportunity to honor one of the more outstanding athletes that the University of Utah has ever had. Congratulations, Danny. Thank you for everything. Thank you for all that you've done for the University of Utah. Excited to see what this team does as they go to Omaha and compete in the NCAA tournament. Again, they'll get that first round bye, and more than likely we'll, uh, we'll keep you updated as to who they'll be playing afterwards. Huge shout-out to Beth Lanier as well for the outstanding season and looking forward to more coming in the near future and hopefully more Bartons. Speaking about more, I'm going to give you more reasons to go to rockauto.com. Uh, we, Jake and I, get a lot of DMs and, and messages from those who listen to the show. We appreciate it. Everything that you ever want to talk about, we're always on board for it. I talk about doing it yourself, and one of the things that I pointed out is a break job. And so one of our, our illustrious listeners Asked me, hey, I've never done this before. How hard is it? So we went back and forth a little, little bit and uh, just wanted to share a little bit about what happened. He said, I had to report back. I did my breaks today in front rotors too. Easy job. I actually did it with a friend that was excited to share his knowledge. Great day overall, and the new brakes feel awesome. Used Rock Auto. Website was super easy to navigate. Thought it was better than anywhere else to find what I needed and compare prices options. Obviously, prices were far lower than anyone else. Not even in the same ballpark. Happy to use them in the future for sure. Anyways, thanks for your help. And I share that partly because he's right. Rock Auto really is just the best. But also because it's one of those things that I'm very passionate about that these are things that we spend way too much money on. And it's something that you can take a real sense of pride in. And I'm always happy to help out. But the best part about it is that you can go to Rock Auto and you can get it done for way cheaper than you would anywhere else. That's why we push rockauto.com here on the on the podcast it's why we push them on the network it's why we say that when you go there to buy your parts make sure you put uh locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that we get credit for it because we really do uh appreciate everything that rockauto.com does i've talked about my brakes of wipers everything that i've used it for my car has never looked better gang and i tell you what if i ever spill salad dressing again it's not going to be an issue because i know whatever i need to do i can find it there at rockauto.com Remember, it's amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Jumping back into it here on the Locked On Utes podcast, and we're going to talk a little bit of basketball because it is definitely the hot button topic. As long as Kyle Whittingham won't allow us to go watch football, not that I'm bitter or anything like that, whatever, COVID, I get it. Um, but I wanted to start this off with a an ode to Timmy Allen, if you will, and and just kind of talk a little bit about what it is that Utah is replacing uh, with Timmy Allen. So if you look at the statistics based on a per-game basis, Timmy Allen is one of the very few Pac-12 basketball players that is top 10 
in most of the major calorie categories. Uh, maybe calories too. I don't know what he eats, but I'm assuming that categories is the better choice for this particular arg- argument. Allen was top five in points per game, scoring 17.2. The big names ahead of him, Remy Martin, obviously, led the conference with 19.1. Oscar Da Silva, 18.5. Bradley from Cal, average 18. Bonton from uh, Washington State had 17.7. And so you can see how important that is, you know, followed by Omanyori from Oregon, Duarte from Oregon. Evan Mobley was 8th with 16.4. We all know how good uh, Mobley is going to be as he moves on to the next level. Rebounds per game, he's also a top 10 in, in that category as well, averaging 6.4 per game. Again, the only names in front of him that are also uh, in top 10 in points are Evan Mobley, Oscar Da Silva. As you transfer over into uh, assists, for example, uh, he's one of the few non-guards in the top 10 there, and he's number six, and he's behind... Uh, Wright from Colorado, Akinjo at Arizona, Tiger Campbell from UCLA, Bonton at Washington State, and then Ryland Jones, his teammate, was there with four, and Timmy Allen was right behind it with 3.9. Not another player in the top 10 that carried over. And so three, I would say, fairly important statistical categories, and Timmy is top 10 in all of them. And this is not to say that those are irreplaceable, but that's the kind of production that you're going to have to replace as he departs the program. And so our good friend, Ubuntu, who we refer to a lot here on the podcast, he is a giant hoops head without a doubt, a uh, very well-connected guy. He and I have a lot of good conversations. Um, good friend. Uh, actually, my first quote-unquote job in media was was working with him over at Light the U originally. Um, he put together a thread on Twitter the other day. Uh, talking about get old, stay old. And essentially what it talks about is, is giving a measure of how much overall experience the team has had and giving more weight towards certain factors such as uh, minutes played in Division One or JUCO or international experience. And if you can, go to Twitter, check it out. He's posted multiple screenshots talking about uh, where the team would rank if they'd had all of the players returning. And I think the biggest thing that this shows is that better players and more experienced players have better production. And if you look at Timmy Allen's numbers, for example, from sophomore to junior year, he improved in almost every single category across the board. Uh, Field goal percentage, free throw percentage, uh, efficiency, even the strength of schedule for the University of Utah was much improved. And for him to improve his numbers... uh, is a, a tremendous feat. And I think everything that Ubuntu has put together, and, and I can't go into it too in depth here because he's got some really great charts that kind of demonstrate everything. I'll kind of hit the high notes for it a little bit. First screenshot showing what Utah could or would have had with Alan Plummer and Yonton and all returning. Uh, it would have been Utah's most uh, experienced returning in over a decade. Then he goes through and demonstrates uh, different scenarios. But the bottom line is this. Uh, the the two as he goes through it he posts um, uh, a final image that shows the experience level from 21 22 without uh, Plummer Yonton and Allen and and the five spots that they had to fill and this kind of goes back to the conversation that we've had about how do you build this roster do you go young and hope that they go through the program or do you look for experience through the transfer portal and I think if we 
take what we learned from watching the NCAA tournament with Baylor getting experienced players in there and, and Davion Mitchell is probably the best example where he'll be 23 years old by the time he makes it to the NBA for next season. He'll be 22 as he enters the draft. Uh, it is pretty obvious that the answer, if you really want to be uh, good in the initial year, is to go get experience. And the while this particular thread, he talks a lot about adding Yontanen and Plummer and Allen, who are guys who have been in the program and keeping them. Um, the, the line is get old and stay old that he kind of closes everything off with. And then there's a shot of a friend for Sheila tweet that says of the top 20 teams, Ken Pomeroy teams this morning, I counted five freshmen as regular starters out of a hundred players and only Jalen Suggs, Eric Mobley, Greg Brown, and Hunter Dickinson are difference makers. 29 transfers on the other hand are starters, get old, stay old. And so I think this is where Utah really needs to get after it and be dominant. They need to get in the portal. They need to get some experience. They need to find some guys who have some ability and have some uh, statistical measures where they can point out that they are uh, that they've improved and add that to what they have left on the roster right now. They're going to have some experience with Brandon Carlson. Riley Batten, it's looking more and more likely that Ryland Jones is going to stick around. He'll be in his third year at the university. That's good experience to have. I think if you go through the portal and find some names in there that really fit what you're looking for, and we've talked about it, it's got to be size and it's got to be shooting, particularly the kind of size that can go and get a rebound, that can really push this team to a point where it can compete in the Pac-12 and make the NCAA tournament next year. I don't think you absolutely have to do that to be successful, but if you can go into the portal and you can get some of this talent and you can convince it to come to the University of Utah, then you have that opportunity to get in the tournament in Craig Smith's first year. If you can do that, then the sky is the limit for what you can do with this program because now you've captured momentum. You have something to sell in recruiting as you're chasing after the more talented players, either that are going into the transfer for the first time as freshmen or incoming freshmen that are coming in as recruits. It gives you so much more ammo when you're out on the road recruiting immediately. And you're going to have programs like Arizona that are replacing their coaching staff. Uh, you're going to have teams that are going to have departures. Who knows uh, what, what's going to happen in Oregon? And, and we've seen that the transfer portal is hitting with Cal. Um, you know, Stanford seems to be the one that kind of avoids problems with the portal because you just don't really transfer out of Stanford. Uh, but they're not going to have a – it looks like the – Talented freshman Zaire Williams is going to be uh, declaring for the NBA if he hasn't already. And so they'll be down some guys as well. And it, it just Oregon State as well, you know, it looks is another team that's a good justification for going in the portal and chasing after guys. Warth Alatiche, who just emerged as an absolute uh, spark plug for them. Uh, was a transfer portal guy, a, a guy that Utah had conversations with. He decided to go with Oregon State instead. And so as we've had this conversation, it gets more and more clear. And, and again, thank you to Ubuntu for putting all this together, uh, th that the way to build this team going forward is going to be through the transfer portal, especially considering the guys that you have returning with the kind of experience and, and the starting caliber that you have. That's going to be the best step forward for this program. We'll continue to talk about this. We'll talk about players in the portal, who Utah might be targeting, who might be available to them 
And some of the other updates is even as it looks like the Pac-12 is about to make a change in terms of losing a redshirt year while transferring within the conference. It looks like that rule is going to go away along with the NCAA vote coming up uh, regarding the one-time transfer waiver. So a lot happening right now in college basketball is in a massive transition phase. As we talked about, there's over a thousand players in the transfer portal. So go find some experienced players, maybe a couple diamonds in the rough, uh, and, and see what you can put together. And when you roll this team back for next season, you should have a much, much better chance at competing for uh, NCAA tournament berth and maybe even a Pac-12 championship. As we talk about basketball, it, it, my heart is sad now that college basketball is over. It seems like this season started to end on such a good note. But the good news is, even though we don't have college basketball coming up, we're going to see odds soon from Bet Online AG And... It is always Skittle season here on the Locked on Utes podcast. No better way to go earn some Skittles. Maybe you're looking for something to do with all of your Uncle Joe Bucks. Maybe you're looking for a long-term investment strategy that will pay dividends, but you're tired of the volatility of the stock market. Maybe stonks just aren't for you. That's where Bet Online comes into play. They have a wide variety of options for the events that you can bet on everything from NHL baseball NBA still ongoing awards TV shows reality TV odds are all updated real time and props on almost anything you can imagine I mentioned the uh, Jim Bayheim picking his nose as one of my personal favorite props of the year uh, whatever, if you have a bet that you want them to put odds on, you, they'll put that together for you. Another really cool option about it, and it's super easy to sign up. Just go to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, and when you do, enter in the promo code Locked On. That's all one word, Locked On, for a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. So, say you're a high roller, you put a thousand dollars in there, you get five hundred dollars for free, and you can do whatever you want with that. So, go to Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Today, get signed up and start making the Skittles. Wrapping up another edition of the Locked On Youth Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And we're talking big sticks. No, not baseball. We're talking softball. And the women's softball team had a doubleheader down at Dixie State. In the first affair, they stuck it to the Trailblazers. And you want to talk about really blazing a trail. The bats for Utah softball were blazing as they dominated Dixie State 11 to 3. Just an absolute um, bludgeoning of, of the interstate rival. Uh, Utes hit three home runs, including a grand slam by Hallie Morris in the third and a three run shot by AJ Militello in the sixth to come away with an 11 to 3 six inning run rule victory over Dixie State, sweeping the two game series. Uh, they opened the scoring with a solo home run by Jordan Gasper in the second. Just an absolute get-right game for the softball squad. Did a great job of getting back on track. Um, nothing like getting a mercy rule uh, against the home team to make you feel good about yourself. And in the afternoon affair, uh, defeated SUU 7-5. to uh, gave up three runs early to SEU, rallied back, scoring two in the second, one in the third, three in the fourth, and one in the fifth, uh, while being able to finish out the game seven to five. Uh, U- Southern Utah made a late rally in the seventh, posting two runs, but it was not enough to get the job done. 
as the Lady Utes took care of business. Another um, a, another strong effort uh, in terms of, of putting points up on the board. Um, Jordan Gasper doubled to score. Uh, Julian Noskin, who led off with a single, that tied the score at 3-3. Three to three. Um, after the first run, came on a single by Alyssa Palancio uh, to score Hallie Morris, who, who had gotten on base. And so just a great effort all around by Utah Softball, handling business, getting three on the road, uh, get-right games, as I like to say. Uh, they'll now travel to the Bay Area to take on California in a four-game Pac-12 series, Friday through Sunday, the 9th through the 11th. All of those games will be televised on the Pac-12 network if you'd like to tune in. Support our squad. Great way to close out another good show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for following us on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you for subscribing, for rating, for reviewing. I saw two new reviews. I'm not going to share them right now because I know Jake wants to do it on Friday, and he's super excited about it. Also, make sure to get your questions in so that we can do a mailbag edition on Friday as well. We'll make sure to post that on Twitter. Um, answer all the questions that we can for you. That's it for today's show. This has been the Locked On Utes Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network for April 9th, 2021. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.